Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, and Steve Ditko created Spider-Man, X-Men, the Fantastic Four, and the Avengers, timeless characters whose stories were retold in the modern day with the creation of the Ultimate Marvel Universe. Join us as we journey through My Ultimate Year. Hello and welcome to My Ultimate Year, the comic book reading club going through the best, well, the all of the <laughs> Ultimate Marvel Universe, one issue at a time. I'm Zach, your comic book journeyman, and I am joined today by Charlotte, your comic book rainbow belt. And My Ultimate Year, it's the only podcast that we're going to tell you at the very front that one of these podcast hosts will die by the end of this episode. Stay tuned to find out who. Uh, also, episode 27 is called The Death of Charlotte, but <laughs> stay tuned. Find out what's going to happen later in the episode. Uh, welcome, Charlotte, to the show. How are you Hi. feeling? Uh, well, excited about this. Um, <laughs> I'm curious to know what's going to happen by the end of that episode. Uh, I have no idea. Uh, I think as, a, like, as, an as a total aside, We've done aside, a very good job for... as keeping that secret, secret I think. Uh, so, yeah, excited. Yeah, well, thank, thank you for uh, also... You know, incidentally, finding that uh, the phone number of that French hitman for me. <laughs> hitman? Hitman? What kind hitman. of a hitman? <laughs> no, sorry, uh, he's a hitman. Hitman, yeah, I guess I was doing a French accent. It actually kind of sounds like, um, do you ever play Pikmin on the Nintendo? No, I haven't, but I, I see I think what, it would be like, what it is. Yeah, that'd be a really fun combination of the Hitman series and the Pikmin oh, series. Hitman. That's... Uh, and you just have a bunch of little bald Agent 13s running around <laughs> assassinating people. Um, okay, that's a, a very insular joke. We're uh, on this episode <laughs> of My Ultimate Year. We're going to be talking Avengers versus New Ultimates. It's a six-issue mini. We're going to be talking the final issues of Ultimate Comics Spider-Man, ending in 160. We'll be talking Ultimate Fallout 1 through 6, and then the beginning of a new Ultimate Comic Spider-Man <laughs> uh, 1 through 5. So I guess yeah. Volume 2? Is this the first? I think this is the first, like, it's Volume 2 two in and a half, the Ultimate I think. Universe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Ultimate uh, well, Spider-Man was rebooted with 1 to 10, and then it went back to the uh, old number. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. And then the Ultimates themselves keep having new volumes. Yeah. So it's like Ultimates Volume 1, Ultimates 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's not it's not new for Marvel or the Marvel Unlimited line or Ultimate line. Um, so, yeah, before we dive into that, if you enjoyed this show, uh, thanks for listening. And also, if you can rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, that really helps out. And if you want to support the show, you can go over to patreon.com slash here, and you can get six months early access to this show. For $5 a month, access to our Slack. For a dollar a month, you can get access to the master spreadsheet for both this and My Marvelous Year. A um, bunch of cool benefits over there. Also, uh, if you're in the Slack and you're listening to this, we are rounding, you know, we've got how many? One, two, three, seven episodes left to record after this, I think. Ooh. So Charlotte and I are starting to spitball ideas of what uh, might be coming as a replacement for this so if you have any fun ideas let me know in the slack um shoot me some messages i'd love to love to hear what people are hungry for uh, it's not going to be 
Marvel 2099, Charlotte no, and I have already please, decided. Please, please don't. <laughs> May, maybe some other Marvel spinoff stuff, but like it has to be yeah. enjoyable. Um, actually, I kind of like the 2099, but I don't think I want to read the whole thing. No, please, please, yeah. gods, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're really negative on it. I'm, I'm, I actually I mean, kind of have fun with all of it. I don't but not hate it. To... I would hate reading yeah. all of it, but uh... yeah, even as much as. I had fun dipping our toes into it for my marvelous year. I yeah. wouldn't want to li- sit and have to read the whole I'd thing. I'd go as far as saying that I'd almost want to read the new universe more than 2099, which is saying uh, something. <laughs> what is that? Um, what's that series called? That's like it's just a bunch of uh, football players. Do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah, kick. It's like a bunch kick, of Kickers Inc. Kickers Inc. I think it is. Oh, it is Kickers Inc. Yeah. Wow. Good memory. Yeah. That is. <laughs> It's very funny. Kickers Inc. is a group of heroes for hire. All former, all former pro football players. Yeah, uh, I, I've good. done my work on the new universe just because, like, Jonathan Hickman do, does some stuff with it in modern Marvel. But uh, yeah, mm. that's <laughs> that's something. Really weird, weird. I didn't know that. Um, okay, so uh, ready to jump into Spatch of Comics, Charlotte? Yeah, let's go. Okay, so. We read, we're, we're going to alternate back and forth between the Ultimate Comics, Avengers versus New Ultimates, and Spider-Man. That's how it goes in the reading order. But we can kind of just talk about one after the other. Yeah. So Ultimate Avengers versus New Ultimates. It's a Mark Miller miniseries. Um, Lionel Yu is the artist. Do you like Lionel Yu's art? I think uh, I definitely do. And I've liked his stuff here before. Um, I, I don't remember if you've, you've given your opinion on yeah, it. Yeah, I, th- I think I like him 75% of the time. Like it's not mm, mm-hmm. the type of it's not the type of art style I like. Like it's not my favorite art style in the Marvel universe, but it I I like what he's doing. I it's, it definitely leans uh, it, more realistic. Yeah, uh, like a, a, on a, a realism scale, it's leaning more that towards cartoony. And sometimes I prefer the cartoony. Yeah, um, but at least it's not trying to just be Brian Hitch, which I think no, a lot and of I think it fits. It's, it fits Mark Miller in a, in a different way than Brian Hitch, but I think it's a, it's a mm-hmm. good artist for for what for what Mark Miller is doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It, it it suits the tone of these comics pretty well, yeah. without also like like it doesn't feed into Mark Miller's worst instincts, right? Like I, I don't remember the names of who it was, but like sometimes you get artists who like work with them and then yeah like hype up all the you know like the super sexualization of the characters and like the hyper gore and yeah you know like it's almost like uh like with mark miller you know adding on to the mark millerness with the comic it's like putting a hat on a hat (laughs) it's just too much (laughs) right you almost need like a little bit of uh dissonance between the art and the writing or at least them to not like complement each other so much because it can be too much well Yes, um, but also like makes... we were saying about uh, oh I can't remember the name of the artist. Steve but Dylan. The art- yeah, Steve Dylan from from last yeah. episode who like mm-hmm. really like he's the perfect artist artist at yes. least for what Mark yeah. Miller. What, what, oh my God, what Mark Miller was doing with those issues? Uh, I think Mark Miller. <laughs> Mark Miller. <laughs> um, I think Lionel Francis Hugh is kind of the halfway point between Brian Hitch and uh, Steve Dylan. In what, uh, in, and I, also, I think it's also like true for these comics. They're not as completely out of um, exaggerated and um, than uh, the Ultimate Avengers issues, but they're also not as grounded in realist, uh, at least not as grounded and focused as uh, the Brian Hitch uh, Ultimates, like the original run, I think. Yeah, I really like the Brian Hitch artwork, but there was a level to which like Mark Miller's zaniness to that. Yeah. Would start to clash with the artwork because the artwork looks so like serious, right? And so grounded yeah. in a, a reality. And these are like real people. Like 
You know, he was almost doing caricatures of actual actors all the time. And then you, like, juxtapose that with Mark Miller's, like, stupidity. <laughs> and I, I, don't even re- <laughs> yeah. I don't even mean that in a derogatory way. Just, like, his comics have big, stupid things happening in them sometimes. And uh, in, in it did clash at times, um, as much as I generally like that. Anyway, so the uh, the synopsis for this is Nick Fury is found out to be selling super soldiers to both the Soviet, the not Soviet Union, Russia <laughs> and China. Yeah, he um, went back in time to send soldiers to the. I mean, honestly, that kind of sounds like yeah. like a Mark Miller plot line, yeah. like time traveling superheroes to sell them in the past so that the USSR would take. Uh, yeah, like he's sending them. Idea. He's uh, selling them both to Hitler and to Lenin. That's mm-hmm. the Kingsman yeah, reference exactly. for those who have seen that movie. I can't, be- I can't believe you risked COVID at the peak <laughs> of Omicron to go see The King's Man. The absolute lunatic. Um, yeah. The the uh, another Mark Miller joint. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I don't think I, I don't know if that's from the, his comics, but uh, if it mm, is, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then so then F- Nick Fury has his Ultimate Avengers team, and then the new Ultimate. No, he has the new Ultimates. God, I have a hard time keeping these teams straight. Yeah, uh, which is one of the problems of this comic. And then they find yeah, out. Yeah, I, that, I like, agree. That's Carol, straight. Carol Danvers is also um, like selling secrets from Shield. Yeah. Right. Like, and so now you get this classic. Like, there's both sides. The 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 old team and the new team are fighting each other because both people think that they're traitors. Um, it spins out into this big thing. My big issue with this, uh, it, it's twofold. One, <laughs> I guess one leads into the other. It's a little confusing. At all times, like, the motivations of everybody, right? It does seem to, like, gloss over motivations and then just tell you, like, oh, yeah, Nick Fury's a bad guy now, and now we're, like, really bought into this conflict. Um, but it's also just confusing at times who's on which side, and maybe that's just part yeah. of the breakneck speed that Mark Miller moves, and people are always changing sides. But it's just, like, because of that lack of lack of grounding and lack of care, because he's always just moving from one big idea to the next and he's not like focused on fundamentals of characters yeah um, you just kind of lose track of you know like like you don't have an instinctual feeling for like oh yeah well of course uh like i, I kept forgetting what side thor was on i couldn't remember which side like uh the black widow monica chang is on yeah. and i think it doesn't have that line of francis hugh even though i overall like his outside i think a lot of his characters have similar features and often have the same faces mm-hmm. i think like sometimes oh, yeah, i like didn't know Captain who was hawkeye, hawkeye yeah. and who was captain america mm-hmm. i didn't know who <laughs> was uh, nick fury and who was uh, jim rhodes like yes a lot of his characters have very similar designs and so it's it yeah. makes yeah, it yeah, even harder to know who's on whose side yeah especially when they're like swapping outfits so much so like the yeah. punisher and hawkeye's like black ops outfit like can blend together yeah. um and then you know like nick fury's recruiting people for one team it, like I'm looking on the Wikipedia page, and I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. I guess these are the teams, right? It's the old team versus the new team. But then, like, Scott Lang is Giant Man's on one team, and Black Widow has swapped teams from the new team to the old yeah. team. It it just becomes, like, the, the thing is it becomes a little stakesless um, because you just, like, you're just being led because people told you that yeah. these people are bad, and now there's something to care about rather than, like, feeling any of it. So when, like, big events happen, I, I, I just don't, none of it hits me in the gut. None of it, like adds tension like when nick fury is found out to be the bad guy here i'm like oh okay i, I guess so like you're telling and, me he's but super also you evil know now. that there's an 
there's another shoe waiting to drop because like every character says it yeah like the black yeah. widow says like no he's not an actual traitor like ever in you you obviously know that there's a, a third party involved but yeah mm-hmm. you it's i don't know if the, the reveal comes too late or something but yeah it's uh it's if it's hard to keep to keep track of and uh and yeah it's hard to get invent, invested in what's going on the the betrayals and oh you're just like you're left uh, <laughs> wondering why everyone's a Hulk now. Well, you know what? I kind of <laughs> like that. I, I kind of dug that. that, was, that I kind of liked it fun... too, but like, <laughs> yeah, why? <laughs> but that's like one of those fun Mark Miller things where, you know, they, they do track down, the, the Nick Fury team tracks down, um, what's his name, Tyrone Cash. Yeah. And, uh, and then like Blade hypnotizes him, which is a very funny <laughs> Blade power. He just like does the like, sun's getting awful low, big fella, like very much the same thing <laughs> and like talks the... the old hulk or the new hulk whatever down into his human form and then nick fury just shoots him in the face it's very <laughs> it's very funny with like the the lack of fanfare that that happens he's just like yeah. you know i gotta do this right next panel blam <laughs> um but then they take his hulk pills and uh and then later the entire uh like avengers team of hawkeye blade punisher and jim rhodes i think and nick fury all hulk up to attack gregory stark uh, Tony Stark's brother, who turns out to be, you know, the real big bad here, who is, again, this is like a real Mark Millerism from the Kingsman issue of making like the kind of liberal or left leaning causes the villains. Yeah. Right. And then like, but the thing is like, it's it's so strange because you don't get the feeling that he's that, like Gregory Stark is he's selling he, he's what, what is he doing basically he's trying to to orchestrate revolutions in mm-hmm, countries yeah. that are like yes. are seen as enemies by the u.s so the the two main examples i think are north korea and iran if i remember correctly right, exactly right and Which because still, like we you know, saw in the last uh in the comics we read last time that they basically accidentally invaded iran iran when mm-hmm. uh, captain america yeah. teleported uh, the triskelion there um, right, so yeah, he he's installing like he's trying to create pro democracy governments by like yeah. assisting the but the all- <laughs> people. Like I uprising. get confused so about that because when he said pro democracy, as I <laughs> in my mind I was like, oh, so enemies of the U.S. Right, <laughs> yeah. I mean that that's the thing is that, like it does read as a very like it, it is a little bit of a baby brained. Yeah, and like the his idea that. Any revolution in Iran or North Korea would lead to allies of the U.S., which is a weird idea, I think. Right. Well, because, like, on one hand, he's like, I'm trying to bring democracy to countries that don't have it, which, like, I mean, you know, I I don't want to get too much into it, but Iran does have, you know, an elected uh, president yeah. and a parliament. But, um, like, bring democracy to these countries, but then it's also just viewed as, like, in, in the next breath, he talks about... Um, you know, the same way we did in South America in, you know, like the 60s through the, the 80s or yeah. till today. Um, same way that U.S. is still doing, which is like, oh, that's not really like... So he's kind of a villain because it's like, are we just putting in America-friendly government? I, I don't know. It, it just reads as very confused and as someone who's like kind of vaguely watched CNN and Fox News but not paid too <laughs> yeah. much attention. Like... It, like it's the, not it's so, the avengers have like one discussion about oh it's a complicated issue because if we intervene on which side do we intervene and then the next thing and then they're they just intervening <laughs> and then they just yeah defend the north korean government against yeah, the, the people who are up like thor thor of all people is like yeah let's go defend <laughs> king jong-un 
Yeah, I know. It's it's. I mean, that's what I mean. It's it's a little confused, and it's also like, it's it's like there's there's interesting ways that you could um play with this in yeah. in like a, a gray space, right? And have this be like, yeah, it is a really complicated issue, and like let's dive into that. It's not. It just reads as kind of confused, and someone who like doesn't really have anything to say with it, and is just throwing yeah. in complications because it feels topical, feels hot, you know. It's a. Uh, it's like. Compare this with Jason Aaron's Captain America run, right, that we read, where, like, there is some complexity to the way that uh, U.S. agent Captain America face off in mm. that, right? And, like, oh, U.S. Nuke? agent... Yeah. Nuke, oh, it is Nuke, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, That Nuke is, uh, like, in the end there, right, like, Nuke gets beaten down and is, like, kind of a bad guy, but then also Captain America, like... That feels like somebody who has something interesting to say. Yeah. And he's not just like, he's not necessarily just hitting you over the head with it. Like he is leaving it in a somewhat gray space of like, this is complicated. This is a messy topic. These characters are, you know, flawed. Um, that is not what this comes across as here. No. Right. Like, I, I feel like we're giving it even too much credit to even talk about it in these terms because it's so <laughs> on its on its face. Yeah, we're probably so thinking kind of about it more than Mark Miller did writing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing with the Kingsman movies, too, right? Like, isn't the, the villain of the first one, you know, like, someone trying to stop climate change, <laughs> right? Like, I, I think so. I, can't, I, can't I, I know that, that the, the villains of the first two movie are, like, championing, like, liberal causes. Um, oh, yeah, then, I think he's he's trying to end, like, overpopulation by yeah, saving right. only rich people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> Good job. Good job, Mark Miller. <laughs> Well, the thing is, I I don't want to I don't want to cast him as someone who's like, yeah, this is some kind of like conservative, you know, boogeyman. Yeah. Or like straw man he's propping up. I don't think he's saying like, yeah, this is you know like dumb liberals because I think Mark Miller actually is vaguely liberal in real life. Um, yeah, I think like, the problem is that he's not saying anything. He's just using those issues as background for his comics. Yeah, least, and, you know, at like, least in this it, case. And and I don't I don't necessarily want it to be like a didactic teaching moment of like yeah you know I I don't want it to be a, a special lesson being taught to us here yeah but like you also if you're gonna dive into this stuff you have to feel like you have a grasp on it in some kind of worldview that will like come through in an interesting way and that's just not the case here yeah so like yeah th this this continues on till of course like Gregory Stark's the bad guy I kind of like Gregory Stark as a bad guy I think he's somewhat interesting as a as a even smarter Tony Stark. Um, although he's just beaten by an EMP here. Yeah, and then, <laughs> like he's surprised that Tony has an EMP on his armor. Like she, I know that, that felt anything kind of, else, but none, it not felt very EMP. phony to me. Yeah. of just like he has all these contingencies, and then Tony Stark's just like, yeah, except for my electromagnetic burst, and he's like, what? I, I had no idea this existed. A, a power that. <laughs> Like, literally has existed for decades and that decades it's, in the real world. That's in 100% of superhero and sci-fi movies. Right, yeah, yeah. Any nuclear bomb uh, yeah. in real life does this. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah. So that that's kind of silly. Although, like, I don't know. I, I kind of thought it was funny when, when they, they knock down his shield and then Thor just, like, fries him. him with electricity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fries him and Tony's and just Tony's like, like, no, I, I thought you'd just him knock out. him like, out. <laughs> And it's just like yeah. his charred, his charred corpse right there <laughs> immediately. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just like Mark Miller builds up these things. Like he built all these characters up, and then it's just it's so strange watching the way that he throws them aside um, in a lot of ways. You know, it, it's just continually that complaint I have, where it's just like he doesn't seem to take any of this that seriously, right? Like, yeah, 
he's just not that interested in building anything. He's just kind of interested in like what's happening right now on the page. Um, whether or not that completely clashes with what came before or is going to clash with what he's going to write in the future. So, um, it just means that like I can have fun with the individual moments. I can have fun sometimes with the individual moments when, you know, they all hook out or whatever. But overall, you know, I just, I don't get invested in these stories at yeah. all. I think that's why I preferred the few recent uh, Ultimate Avengers. I think it's Ultimate Avengers stuff we've read. Because he, he just goes all out and it's dumb. And you you don't have to overthink it. You just enjoy the ride. Mm-hmm. Here, like mm-hmm. it feels like he's he's going in an area where we expect more. So it's uh yeah, it's uh, harder to enjoy. Yeah, um, well, you know, he's trying to do big universe stuff here. It's a big yeah. event, which so, is like yeah. it's it's a death of Spider Man event, which it doesn't have anything to do with that. Yeah. So in the middle of this, um, Nick Fury and Captain America are fighting, and then Spider Man Punisher is going to snipe Captain America, and then. Spider-Man jumps in the way and gets shot yeah. instead, um, which is a very fun. I like the cover that happens after this. That is the callback to the first Punisher yeah. issue. Um, that, that's a good cover. But then Captain America and Pun. I love. I I do kind of like that Punisher immediately is like remorseful and like <laughs> yeah. He's like turns himself Wolverine in ha- after cutting off uh, the thing's face. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. <laughs> like, he's shooting well, at like, people. Like, asks to get arrested. He like. I mean, there, yeah. there's a little line here about how. Nick Fury, like, I think it's Nick Fury who says, like, he likes getting punished for what he does, right? Yeah, like, and, like, kind of masochistic he said, thing. yeah, and when he's surrounded and he knows what he just did, he's just yelling, punish me, which was mm-hmm. weird, kind of hilarious. But, it's uh, funny, but yeah. I, I, I kind of like that take on yeah, punishment. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, th- I think that's an interesting uh, kind of angle that doesn't get explored, but I do. <laughs> yeah. It's all, yeah, go ahead, do it. It's all I deserve. I shot a boy, didn't I? Hit me, punish me. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, right. So uh, Spider-Man gets shot here. And then the bridge explodes. I don't remember who blows it up. And then I like that all the Avengers just leave, right? Like they get all fished out of the river and then they just leave Spider-Man. Like Captain America <laughs> is so, uh, Captain America is so, has this touching speech about like how you would have been the best of, or, you know, you'll be the best of us when you grow up. And he's like cradling Spider-Man as he's bleeding. And then the bridge blows up and then everyone just leaves Spider-Man. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's funny, you just cut to the next scene and Captain America's there later. Just have forgotten what was going on with Spider-Man and no one looks for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, so I think, I think that's a good place Some to, of it is uh, in... I, I can't remember which parts are in Ultimate Spider-Man and which parts are in Ultimate Avengers. So part of it is also like, there's two writers, two writers mm-hmm. writing this scene. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about this later, but... <clears throat> the way that Nick Fury has been like, yeah. pulled in two directions... Um, like series to series is really jarring. Yeah, right? it's like, two different characters. Yeah, I mean he he's it, and it, it does undercut some of the like grounded stuff that I like. Like I like how he's generally I like how he's written in Ultimate Spider Man as like the spy master who's like sometimes has to have a firm hand with Spider Man, but like ultimately has a lot of affection for him, and we're gonna see yeah. that later. But then it's really hard to like buy into those moments of like his humanity peeking through. When it comes to Spider-Man, like, he has this soft spot for Spider-Man. It's hard to feel any of that when, like, we just read comics where he is just the most stone-cold sociopath. Where he's, like, <laughs> where he's Punisher, with everyone join... in, uh, in, her, in his ex's life. Yes, exactly. And, like, if, uh... Did you say a cuss? No, I, th- I said he slept with everyone in okay. his ex's I was, life. I was talking and I didn't hear and I just want to make sure I don't have to... I mean, it's not crazy for me to double-check that you're cussing. <laughs> because you have wow. a filthy mouth. 
Um, the uh, yeah, he, he talks to Punisher and he's like, "If you join my team, I'll unlock all the cells in your prison and get you. Uh, you know, you can give me a list of every like torture tool you want, so that you can just go crazy in here and yeah. murder everyone in prison." And then he does later, right? Like Nick Fury sets this up so he can just go on a kill crazy massacre in jail. And then later, we're supposed to like be interested in this man's feelings for spider-man it just doesn't work yeah um you know and i i like how he's written in spider-man but you know that there, there is I, I usually can separate that a little bit with the ultimate universe it's so small scale and um, we're, and we're literally bouncing. reading those like two issues of spider-man two issues of avengers two yeah, issues of spider-man right. so it's yeah it, it doesn't it's work. part of the same event and that that dissonance just uh yeah. really i think if i if i'd read the spider-man issues first Mm-hmm. I'd have enjoyed more Nick Fury in, in them, but reading that after the Avengers Nick Fury, it's, yeah, it, it didn't work. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So the death of Spider-Man, um, we can jump over to that. After he gets shot by the Punisher, he's <laughs> bleeding pretty profusely, and the Sinister Six have escaped from the, uh, wherever they're being held. I guess it's on the Triskelion. Well, yeah. I don't think so, because that's in Iran right now. <laughs> right? Like, oh, <laughs> true. Yeah, I don't know. doesn't matter. Um, but led by Norman Osborn, they all escape. <laughs> and they just escape because, like, Norman Osborn turns into his it, big green it goblin It would have been hilarious like, if they escaped and just found, find themselves in the middle of the Iron Desert. <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That w- it wouldn't have played out the, quite the same way. Um, but they all know who Spider-Man is, obviously, and they're, like, talking about what to do, you know, that they're going to go kill him. Dr. Octopus yeah. says that he does not want to be involved with peter parker anymore he's not really interested in like getting revenge on a 14 year old or whatever (laughs) yeah um which is a a good point um that you know like all these grown men are just hyper obsessed about this teenage boy who used to beat them up um yeah yeah it it makes sense from him at this point because he's like worked with spider-man in i think it was ultimate doom or something uh, two two episodes ago, like he's had a semi semi redemption, so it makes sense that he he wouldn't be interested mm. in, in killing him at this point. I don't remember that. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It's fine. I just they, they I basically remember. they basically teamed up against Reed Richards. Was the the gist? Of oh it. yeah 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 yeah. Okay. Um. So Spider Man is bleeding. Like he's very injured. He webs up his wound, and then he goes home. And has to face off against the Sinister Six. Like, Aunt May and Gwen Stacy have already fled. He's told them to leave. But then the uh, the Sinister Six show up at his house. And Bobby Drake and the Human Torch are fighting them. And he has to step in. And uh, and it's just this big, like, several-issue knockdown drag-out fight between yeah. the Sinister Six and Spider-Man while he's severely injured. Um, culminating in Mary Jane stealing a truck <laughs> and plowing into <laughs> the Green Goblin. Yeah. Um, and then Spider-Man picking up this truck and throwing it down on the Green Goblin, uh, which is, I think, what kills him. Uh, he gets, I think so, yeah. You know, like, yeah, like it the explodes. Explosion that, ensue, that ensues, yeah. yeah. Big explosion, and he's just, you know, like, at his at his end, like, with, uh, with the loss of blood. Uh, Gwen Stacy and Aunt May come back, like, because they hear what's happening. And, uh, and then he dies having saved Aunt May, right? There's this moment yeah. of, like... You know, he talks about he couldn't save Uncle Ben, but I saved you. And uh, and then he dies here. Um, I don't know. What do you think about all this? Like, how does this all land for you? Uh, it, I think it overall it worked well for me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like that he his identity is semi-revealed by the end. And, like, everyone in the neighborhood is there to watch. And he sees him in the Spider-Man costume, but with his, uh, like, unmasked. 
and there's a like there's a real urgency where he has to fight and then five minutes later like get someone out of the way like get MJ or Gwen out of the way and go back to fighting and go back to like I don't know if it's intentional but it feels like he he spent his life having to alternate between fighting villains and his uh, regular life with uh, MJ May and all of that and now that those two worlds are kind of crashing down that um, dichotomy, I guess, is seen has a sense of urgency in the middle of the fight where he has to alternate with saving he, the, his friends and uh, his family, fighting, and like it changes every fifteen seconds. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree uh, to for the most part. I guess <laughs> I I I don't know. But I mean, my my issue with this is like it's not. It's really hard <laughs> to separate how I feel about it with. All the titles, like we talked about this last episode, I don't want to harp on it too much. Yeah. But like the death of Spider-Man stuff, just knowing this is coming, right? Like does mean that the entire time you're reading it, like you're trying to read all the significance into the scene, right? Everything that's happening, you're mm. trying to read as like, well, this is the significant thematic wrap up of Spider-Man. And so then like, I feel like it's let down by the, that expectation a little bit. Yeah. Because it does feel like this just come, kind of comes out of nowhere, right? Like, and, and I get it is... The, the, like, the circle closing with, like, Norman Osborn was his first villain. He's always been the biggest villain for him. And it would make sense that he dies fighting Norman Osborn and, like, saving everyone from Norman Osborn. And I get what you're saying, you know, him, his uh, face getting revealed. Oh, I do, do want to point out, there's it's very strange, though. It's, like, even in his, like, final issues here, trying to be, like, incredibly serious with Peter Parker at death's door. He's, Brian Michael Bendis is still making these really weird jokes. <laughs> like i think it's it's either the last issue or the next to last issue uh spider-man is like basically dead he's almost completely dead and he's like that's it that's all i've got where are the police the x-men anybody the teen titan and then yeah it's cut off <laughs> and it's like this is this is like spider-man's last moments and you're just like yeah it'd be funny if we just snuck in a little teen titans reference and then immediately one of the neighbors shows up and is like you're peter parker right you're may parker's boy Come with me if you want to live. And he's just yeah, like, oh yeah, yeah. That, I that one s- made me, me brown s- out loud. <laughs> like, why are you doing like a Terminator bit right now? You just think it would be fun to like, let's do some fun references at the end here. Very yeah. strange. Um, I d- I think it I, I do think it works disagree okay. slightly. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. No, no, no. Please, please. I, I, I do s- slightly disagree on the idea that it's not like it's not built up and it just comes out of nowhere. Because mm-hmm. I think there's throughout all of these death of Spider-Man issue. There's the building idea that right after he gets shot by Punisher, like he needs to go to a hospital. The the like the injury is fine if he goes to mm-hmm. a hospital right now, sure. yeah, yeah, and he's going yeah. to do to do it. And then one after the other, there's th- like a villain comes uh, comes up, and like things keep keep piling up, and he you're like he needs to get to a hospital right now, and mm-hmm. each time yeah. there's a new thing, yeah, and, and it, one yeah, page specifically. Yeah. We worked really well for me with Bendis finally shutting up for a whole page. And it's just Spider-Man sees the Sinister Six in the sky above him. And he just the page before, he was like, I need to go to a hospital right now. And he sees yeah, them. He's and on there's the just, bridge, yeah. Yeah, and just, there's just a, a shot of his face watching them and lowering his head in, like, silent resignation. Like, mm-hmm. I know this is, like, basically signing my death, but I need mm-hmm. to do it uh, anyway. And that, that's like four issues before his death, I think. Like, there's a, there's a lot it of is, small yeah. moments like that. that I think 
slightly builds up to his death of like he he should stop doing this but he can't like he yeah. has to keep fighting yeah yeah you're right i mean that that totally works and it, and it fits in with spider-man like it feels like yeah. a quintessential spider-man story and a spider-man ending i, I think all that works well and and i i don't know I, it's hard for me just to get over the fact that i'm reading this knowing that this is his yeah death. i know <laughs> you know with the and, and i already knew, like i've read this before so i already knew it was coming um but just with it being plastered all over the place, it just really cheapens it. Um, yeah. And, you know, and I, I should somewhat get over that t- to a degree, right? Because it's, it's it's a little unfair. I'm sure that's not, like, something Bendis was like, yeah. And part of my story is that we're going to be telling people constantly. I'm sure this is an editorial <laughs> yeah. decision, right? It's it's not a, a story decision. Um, but, yeah, there's... there's um, you know, my, my other my other issue with it, and, and this is... I, 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 I totally get people not lining up with this I, th- I think these are all very like s- kind of small maybe even petty <laughs> complaints um <laughs> it's just that like like we talked about last episode they just launched this really cool new interesting idea with him yeah. like training to be the next like adult superhero and then to kill him here just feels like incongruous with that and it- it's just like we just set up this new stage for him and now we're just going to sweep that away yeah, it feels like there's or, this new status quo of him working with the Avengers and like mm-hmm. JJ and Jameson knowing who he is. And even like yeah. even the um Bobby and I mean Iceman and uh, Human mm-hmm. Torch living yeah. with him, like that feels mm-hmm. very recent. Like it feels like yeah. we haven't spent that much time in that sandbox. So yeah, it's yeah. it's it's weird that we're quickly getting to Miles. But like from interviews and stuff I've seen around this, it feels like mm-hmm. Brian Bendis was the one who wanted to push for miles to to happen now so yeah yeah know. maybe he was just antsy for miles to start it, you know what I, I guess my, my thing is like it's not a complaint about this story like i think this arc here works well i think yeah. most things about this arc work well as a death of spider-man story it's kind of just like the time and place and context of it like all all the stuff around it bothers me a little bit more than this story stuff because yeah. i think i think the story itself works okay I think it's it's almost, and it would have been a shame to to not have that. But it almost mm-hmm. would have worked better as an end before the Human Torch and Bobby coming there, like during mm-hmm. Ultimatum, as the end of that original run. Yeah, I I, I kind of agree because like we just had this relaunch of Spider-Man, yeah. where it's just like in a new era for Peter Parker, that then never really like just as you feel like it's getting on its feet, it ends. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I guess like. It is kind of a larger picture complaint, but um, but I do think this arc works well. I think the arc works well. I don't yeah. really have anything but tiny nitpicks about, like, the actual arc itself. And, oh, um, Bagley comes back for this, which, yeah. you know what? Like, kind of fun. Kind of fun to see, like, Bagley back, like, penciling the final arc for this, you know, like, that got him back for this. I uh, I appreciated that when I saw his, his artwork again. Yeah. Um, I think he's okay. doing some so, some good work, like especially in the the mm, final mm-hmm. fight scenes. His Green Goblin well, he, feels like a huge, powerful menace. Yeah, he's always been good at like the action yeah. stuff in this comic, right? Like he, he's always excelled at the actual like superhero, you know, fisticuffs and drawing the action poses and stuff. That that's never been um, you know one of my my complaints about him. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty good stuff. Um, okay, so this leads into Ultimate Fallout. It's a six issue miniseries written by. Ooh, Brian Michael Bendis, Nick Spencer, and Jonathan Hickman. Yeah. Um, let me see. Is that throughout? No, I think Hickman just comes in for this. I don't know. I guess it, it's on and Hickman off. I think Hickman does uh, the Nick Fury and Red Richards stuff. Uh, Spencer does the X-Men stuff. Mm-hmm, and Bendis yeah. does the Spider-Man stuff, I guess. Yeah, good job. 
Um, I did not know that split. <laughs> and then, like, the uh, the artists split between, like, there's, like, five or six different artists. Yeah. Uh, I know, like, Brian Hitch is here, um, Mark Bagley, Gabriel Hardman, Lee Garbe, Garbett, G- uh, Steve Garbets, Kurth, I think. Eric Guyon, Carlo Pagelian, uh let me see anyone else yeah sarah pacelli salvador la roca clayton crane like it, it switches art, yeah, a lot artists of a lot like three per luke ross Billy it's Tam. basically like it's a an anthology of like 20 different stories for where it's a little bit the like... characters in the ultimate universe are at this point after the death of spider-man and there's basically one artist per per story what was that um pre-ultimatum thing we read that was very similar to this ultimate origin Ooh. i think uh, I don't think so, because Ultimate Origin was like the USA created mutants and all that stuff. Yeah, 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 that's uh, what I'm talking about. Because remember, it was oh. like Bendis just being like, here's, you know, four kind of vaguely uh, intertwined little yeah. stories that like, sometimes you're like, oh, why are you talking about this here? Like, what's the, like, what is the thrust in the arc of this? Because at first, the first issue yeah. of Ultimate Fallout is like, this is Spider-Man's death, it's his funeral, it's the world reacting to Spider-Man's death. Yeah, and then and that's fine. All that works really well, I think. Like Aunt May slapping Captain America at the <laughs> funeral, I think is really good. I think that's like a good, powerful moment. I think like Gwen Stacy, you know, uh, yeah, Gwen Stacy at the funeral, like the the way that they deal with it, the way that they talk about they're getting a um, they're moving to France, uh, the the French Riviera, uh, with yeah, moving into Tony Stark's um, via via villa villa. Uh, yeah, I try. <laughs> Trying to pronounce it too French. And <laughs> I mean, it's not a French word. It's Latin? Oh. Italian? I don't know. Uh, I think Italian, actually, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. That that stuff all works really well. And then you just get these weird things where it's just like, here, let's pay, spend five pages like seeing what Rogue's up to. Um, let's yeah. spend a few pages, <laughs> yeah. like, let's spend a several issues bouncing over to uh, Quicksilver, who is like... Oh my god, what's he doing? I mean, he's having like sex dreams about his sister and <laughs> As one he's does. up to something else business-wise. <laughs> I can't remember. You see Reed Richards like, is like fro- he wants to recruit mutants to sell mutants to corporations. Right, yeah, that. he has this whole thing about <laughs> like slaves were the, you know, biggest economic force. But it's also like he's being manipulated by his sister who's carrying Magnetus. I don't know. Yeah, Honestly, it's very that, it, that didn't make me excited for Spencer's X-Men. <laughs> no, it certainly does not. Um, yeah, and then, you know, uh, Reed Richards as, uh, the maker, is that what we're calling him? Yes. I don't know if that, that has been said yet, um, is, uh, is, like, floating through space after we left him and then, you know, trying to find his way back. Um, it, it's just, like, it's just doing a lot of setup for other stuff that is not exciting to me out of context. Yeah. Uh, like, there's not enough context here to land for, what else I is think, happening? I think, like, Tony, the, Tony? wasn't it the Requiem things after Ultimatum that, that were similar to this, which is, like, just teasing the future? That's all this is, basically? Yeah. I mean, you can do little teases, but this is, like, several pages across several issues of being, like, I mean, and now yeah, Tony Stark is just, joining. It's just a catalog for, for the new line. I don't think there's much more to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick Fury's getting his budget cut. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> yeah. what, what else is happening? Uh, uh, Thor, Jamie, Thor Jamie has Braddock created is the new, new Captain uh, yeah. America. Y- Captain Britain. And, um, nope, Captain America. <laughs> he's the new Captain America? Mm-hmm, yep. I stand okay. by what I said. I didn't, I didn't follow. Oh, okay. I thought I, thought, I, thought I was wrong. <sighs> You're gaslighting me yeah. again. Um... <laughs> <laughs> this is gaslighting. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Um, what, yeah, Thor. Uh, Thor is creating new Asgard, and 
Wolverine, Cyclops, the Wasp, and Spider-Man oh, are in Valhalla. I, I like that a lot, actually. I like Thor, Thor at Spider-Man's funeral, like, imagining. Because I don't think he's actually seeing it. I think he's just talking about, like... Oh, you know, no, yeah, he did. Because, for... like, Nick Fury afterwards is talking about um, how Asgard is a problem now because Asgard's on Earth. So, yeah, I think that's an actual flashback to something that happened. Mm, I, I read that as just uh, Thor sitting there, like, imagining okay. all all the heroes he knows, like, being in, Ad, like, in Valhalla, um, partying together. I actually, you know, the funniest part about that is just that, like, the characters I forgot were dead. I was like, oh, yeah, Wolverine <laughs> died, right? I forgot about that. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there's one other really funny uh, thing um, that happens Kid Pride, oh. uh, Bobby, and Johnny are moving to the Morlocks tunnels. Right, yeah, Kitty Pride recruits them to move in with the Morlocks. And then, yeah, Tony Stark's joining some kind of, like, Hellfire Club-esque thing. Yeah, I can't some, remember. Some oh, kind of and the Maker is Cabal. doing something, creating the Children of Tomorrow, whatever those that is. Yeah. The, oh, and... <laughs> the Maker is doing Jonathan Hickman things, basically. And then Valerie Cooper, uh, or not Valerie Cooper, who is it who... Um, no, yeah, it's talk- Valerie Cooper with, like, a journalist, and she's... She's trying to keep the secret that mutants were created by the USA. Like, she's trying to keep mm-hmm. that secret, I think. Yeah, right. So there's just a million little plot things that, like, yeah. ultimately, I feel... It, almost every single one of them... Actually, every single one of them, I feel like, would just be better in context of, like, yeah, just start the comic and show me this yeah. in the comic. Yeah, like, agreed. I don't need to, to read this stuff. Like, all of this would fit, including Miles Morales, right? We get scenes of Miles Morales... Fighting kangaroo. Dressed... Yeah, fighting the kangaroo, and he's dressed in Peter Parker's classic red and green, an a, a ill-fitting suit, which is very sweet. And I, I do love the yeah. detail. Like, these are fun scenes. It's not these are bad scenes, but, like... And everyone's love... saying it's in poor taste. <laughs> Everyone, like, oh, man, He's that's saying the exact taste. same thing. That's kind of funny. <laughs> and yeah. then later we see in the headline of being like, uh, Spider-Man, no more, dot, 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 please. <laughs> it's a great and, like, <laughs> It's in poor taste, as quoted by someone at the scene. <laughs> I think everyone agrees in poor taste is the headline. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Yeah. Um, even those scenes, I'm like, this would just work fine as yeah. part of the Miles series, right? Like, we don't need... It's just, you know, it's that thing they do where it's like, buy a six-issue series that's just advertisements for yeah. future series. I think, like, series. apart from the actual funeral, like, that feels like a story. Yes. But yes. the rest of it feels just like free comic book day issues. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Um, okay. So let, let's get into the, the big thing that brought us here. That we've been talking about and like waiting for for so 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 long yeah ultimate comic spider-man volume two issue number one it is issue one through five i think is what we read here yeah it's the uh, the beginning of miles morales as spider-man the introduction um written by brian michael bendis and drawn by sarah pacelli and uh he's here finally this is the the ultimate universe's big contribution to marvel history to the marvel legacy is yeah. this i'd say right like by a mile right oh like, yeah the biggest it's, thing it's that it's not I mean, even close yeah like yeah, he yeah. has I mean, his own a, movie it's <laughs> there's a few other mile. little things that like will trickle out into the main line yeah. and we don't we don't need to get into it for spoiler reasons but like <clears throat> miles clearly is like the biggest part that yeah uh, has left this and it is interesting how well, well first thing i want to say is i know brian michael bendis created miles morales i knew that and i was like okay he's gonna create miles morales i don't think he like writes him for very long i think like probably before the ultimate universe ends i think he leaves miles morales no Ooh, i, I am know very wrong yeah I he looked does it up. all of the ultimates miles morales he, miles morales he does all the miles comics except for when miles shows up like in other you know team yeah. books or events or other things but the main miles comics 
which is going to run consistently from like now 2011 until current day 2022 it's still going yeah. and there's always a miles series he <laughs> writes it for the next seven years until um solid and ahmed takes over in 2018 so oh like, yeah even post uh end of the ultimate universe he's still on yes that's what, what okay. i was surprised I didn't know by that. so like Moving into the mainline universe, he is the right. I checked. And I was like, he is the <laughs> Miles writer until yeah. 2018, and I'm, I'm a little bummed by that. Yeah. And like, and and it feels, hmm, I don't know. It, it it's it's definitely rude. <laughs> it's a rude <laughs> thought they have, right? Like, I, I acknowledge this that like he creates Miles Morales, right? And I have, I feel like, yeah. need to give him all his credit for creating this character, you know. But at the same time, I'm excited for him to hand it off. <laughs> to other people right like i, I know I, it's you know the what same I mean? thing with right, like, it's it's the same thing with like more than one character he's created like i i don't know if it's a spoiler but like there's one other character specifically i can think of he's created in like 2016 or something that i was very excited to see in other hands is um, this Na not naomi what's her name um is it naomi is that who you're talking about no that's that's a dc character yeah, um, yeah. oh okay no i'm thinking about iron heart oh that's not a, that's not a spoiler okay I mean, we can acknowledge that Ironheart exists. Yeah, okay. um, yeah, I yeah, I agree with that too, right? And I don't know. I, this this is a tricky thing. Like, th there's a there's a very small like nuance to this where it's just like I really appreciate. I like I want to appreciate what Brian Michael Bendis is doing by like using his yeah. power to take like his editorial power, right, and his selling power, and be like, I want to create more to to create more non-white characters. But at the same time, I want to see those non-white characters not written by Brian Michael Bendis. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, and, and I know. it's not like it, it, it's not that I think he does a bad job here necessarily. It's just you know, like the the specificity of the voices and the experience yeah. of these characters is like it's just not going to come through. And, and that's not even like a generalized thing to say. Where I'm like, well, a white person is just never going to get writing a you know a non-white character right. It's just specifically Brian Michael Bendis. I just don't think has that at least that, that i have seen like him really being able to write a non-white character with the kind of like foundational voice and like specificity to that worldview um yeah so i i guess that's where it lays where it's just like i'm, I'm not like I'm not that critical of like his comics here i'm just i'm excited it's just like i like this character and i i am interested i'm really interested to see what salad and ahmed has done i've never yeah you know read his comics no um like, i think i haven't read the salad salad and ahmed's uh miles but like i've seen spider-verse and i've played the miles morales games and like both both of those have i think uh creators of colors oh my god creators of color behind them and mm -hmm. uh at least more than brian michael, brian michael bendis and they feel at least like in my uh in my view of them which I'm white, so that's uh, also that. But uh, they feel more authentically made by people of color than this. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Uh, you know, I just... Yeah. 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 So we, we can get that out of the way. And I, I, I like... <laughs> I I understand. Like, this, it's a rude thing to say, honestly. <laughs> right? Like, because he does create this like, character. It's right? also worse so, by the fact there are still only white people writing Ultimate comics. Yeah. And, and that's not really a criticism of... Bendis, right? Like, Bendis is not, yeah. you know, necessarily, like, it's not really his fault that he has the power to write whatever he wants and that, you know, a black creator has not. I mean, you know, you could get into arguments about, like, them wielding that power to make sure that more non-white creators get hired In to the write room. these stories. Yeah. But, yeah. But overall, I want to, like, I, I am not, this isn't a criticism of that, like, Bendis shouldn't 
be writing these characters or anything. It's just, um, yeah, it's it, it, it's trying to, like, I'm trying to acknowledge both, like, the, um, you know, like, give him credit for what he did, but also say that I am, I am interested in seeing, like, how this progresses. I mean, it's the same way yeah. that, like, you get this looking back at a lot of legacy characters where you're like, oh, uh, the Hulk. Like, very cool that Stan Lee and Jack Kirby created the Hulk. I'm excited for, you know, someone else to get on the Hulk and really turn them into, like, what they become long run. Um, same with, like, Thor, whatever, right? Like, you get this all the time yeah. where you're like, Stan Lee created She-Hulk. But I don't think that She-Hulk became who I view as She-Hulk until, like, John Byrne got a hold of her. Yeah. Right? Like, you, you get that all the time. Same with, like, Daredevil, right? Like, um, <laughs> the one thing that I really do want to criticize Bendis for here <laughs> with this, and we, we haven't even gotten into the generality, so I just want to get this out of the way so we can, like, talk about Miles and start, like, gushing about <laughs> how good it is, is that he names Miles Morales' father Jefferson Davis. Uh, do you Do you know about this? I, I, that you know rings the, a bell like that there's a story behind that but i can't remember what it is well during the civil war when the uh, the south like split off they elected their own president of the confederacy and his name was jefferson davis Oof. uh and i just don't get it right and i i've looked and it feels it feels so like voluntary at least like why wouldn't he just be jefferson more or less yeah i'm not really sure i i don't uh no I mean, it's fine it's fine that he right I don't is that... think so. I think he's he's uh. like, but I think it's just like well, it's fine for him to have stuff his aside. mom's name. Yeah, sto- story things aside, just like that name. Why pick that name? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I have not been able to find an interview. If anyone has any information on this, like if there's a reason behind this, if he had some kind of <laughs> I think like it was thematic thing recently? he was thinking of that like you know is not clear to me. Maybe I'm not seeing it. It's just to me it reads as pretty bonkers <laughs> to name the dad of your like black character after the president of the Confederacy. Uh, like, like maybe he's trying to be ironic, and it just is. I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something. Yeah. Um, anyway, I just got to get that out of the way because it is it is just one of those weird little factoids that uh, <laughs> really really you know, screws with my mind. Yeah. Okay. So Miles Morales, um, he's younger than Peter Parker. I think like he he reads as like thirteen, right? Like he, he's yeah, a little scrawnier, like he's a little younger. He doesn't read as like an older teen. He he reads as a couple years younger than Peter to me. Yeah. Um, and uh, what, what's interesting about these comics? They feel really really similar to the beginning of Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, it's a very slow burn, right? Like you get this first, like it's the fifth issue before we see him in a costume before he really gets into any action. Yeah. Like the first four issues are just him getting his powers, him like learning to deal with his powers, him telling a friend, like dealing with it. Like it's a very, very decompressed story. Um, and it felt, it, it's just it's very interesting. It follows the ultimate Spider Man, the Peter Parker ultimate Spider Man format, like very, very closely. Um, which I appreciate, you know, like I think that works fine. I think like spending time to like slowly unveil his powers, his powers are slightly different. He has these little blasts of uh, like stunning electricity yeah he has venom. his venom venom strike i think is the official venom name. blast something like that yeah yeah uh, which uh, yeah, i don't like yeah. venom blast <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> what do you mean um, but he, he can also turn invisible no what do you mean you don't like venom what does that mean i don't understand i don't know i think venom strikes is better yeah but what's wrong with venom blast he's, he's venom blasting <laughs> Yeah, no, let's let's cut this, please. <laughs> I just want you to explain to me what you're talking about with this preteen boy. Why you don't want to talk about him blasting. <laughs> Can we go back to talking about Jefferson Davis? 
<laughs> yes yeah you're right it is called a venom blast um yeah oh no i'm right it is a venom blast <laughs> is it <laughs> yep i just googled it well i googled venom blast and it did come up uh, <laughs> but i am finding articles about venom blasting uh okay. one of them called miles morales venom blast always bothered me did you write this <laughs> <laughs> um anyway he's got that he can go invisible right he can like get this camouflage um and he doesn't have web shooters, which actually I couldn't remember if does Ultimate Ultimate Spider-Man creates them like in his body, right? Like they're organic. That's a good question. I can't, I, I can't, remember. I can't remember. I'm like, am I confusing yeah. it with the movie? Or I don't is that... think it's organic. Yeah, I didn't think so, but then I, I couldn't really remember. Let me see. Organic. Yeah, I can't either. Webs. Uh does he have web shooters? No, no, no. He he doesn't. That was that was the movie first. The Raimi movie's the one yeah. who did that first yeah anyway okay so he doesn't it's the same as peter parker which i'm assuming he'll get at some point um yeah if he doesn't throughout these i don't know uh i mean his web don't seem like the biggest part like seems like they're uh like at least in spider-verse they lean more into his like running and athleticism than like 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 it's a little parkour-ish more than just yeah. like swinging which is uh just kind of an interesting distinction and yeah it's just uh it's a very simple like teen boy starting out as spider-man finding his motivation to become spider-man he goes to the funeral of peter parker and he like yells out to gwen stacy like why does he do it why was he spider-man why did he hide his face and gwen stacy comes back which is an insane thing to yell out at someone who just lost a very close person Mm -hmm. yeah 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 i agree but uh but she gives him you know the the answer like the great power comes great responsibility thing yeah um and then he how does he get grabbed by nick fury i don't remember um, I think it's it's after Spider-Man because it's there's a whole thing of like he he tries to use his power to save people from a burning building and he mm-hmm, does it mm-hmm. but like he completely panics and decides no I'm not going to be Spider-Man and so like we can as- assume that as like maybe one or two years between that and then when Peter Parker dies he decides to start using his powers because like he sees Peter die and he he thinks like oh if i had used my powers maybe i could have saved him maybe if we could have been like i could have been in the know and helped him and so oh, from really? that you point think on, there's he, years that go by i think so cuz my understanding is that um like the, his bite comes soon after peter's hmm. cuz um mm-hmm. the yeah, like uh, there's a scene at the beginning of norman osborn um wanting to recreate the spider formula i guess or like a new mm-hmm. spider like the one that bit peter and like yeah. in my mind, that happened not long after Peter's origin. Eleven months prior to the death of Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm okay. On Wikipedia, I don't know where they got this from. This uh, this fandom wiki thing. But yeah, no, there's definitely like crossover, right? Like while yeah. he's while he has the powers at the beginning, you definitely see like he's reading about stuff that's happening to Spider-Man. Like this is not yeah. all post death of Spider-Man, and it is his death that like he goes and sees. Yeah, like he watches the death of Spider-Man. Yeah, from a distance and. Uh, Goes up and talks to Gwen Stacy, maybe? Who does he talk uh, no, to? No, I think he basically Jane? he uses his, uh, like, he wears the fake suit, like the, the Peter Parker suit, and goes out to superheroing, and he is found by Spider-Woman, who is, like, the clone of Peter Parker, and she's the one who brings him to an yeah. Yes, yes, right, that's right. But no, no, while Spider-Man, like, at the death of Spider-Man, Miles Morales is there because he sees the um, Oh, explosion. yeah, I think, yeah, I think he asks Gwen what his name was. Is it Gwen, yeah. So he's just yeah. always harassing Gwen about, he's hidden <laughs> yeah. up Gwen for all kinds of P- Peter Parker details. Um, 
yeah, yeah. But yes, Spider Woman, the clone of Peter Parker, which I forgot she existed, and I I like that character a lot. Yeah, I was like interested to see what she was. It's up so interesting. To. Like it would have been interesting to to see her reaction to to her clone dying. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a weird thing. Yeah, um, but yeah, brings to uh, brings him to Nick Fury, who like kind of I think discourages him from becoming. You know, I I, I can't remember exactly. He, he's not like going to let him become the new Spider Man until he say he basically like Iron Man is taken out by Electro. I can't remember who else. Uh, maybe like Hawkeye. I think like a couple of the Ultimates are taken out by Electro, yeah, I and think then Hawkeye is there. Maybe Miles Peter, sneaks up behind remember. Electro and, like, drops this huge, uh, you know, container on him. Yeah. And knocks him out. And then uh, Jessica, um, the clone, shows up and, like, gives him his suit and tells, like, tells him that Nick Fury's, like, going to give him a shot uh, to prove himself. Which yeah. is the beginning of, like, Miles as an official Spider-Man. So, like, yeah. very, very fun. But, like, a fun, very simple, very, like, like, I feel like you can tell this is, like, it's trying to be you know, a, a really easy entry place into it. Like, I, yeah. I feel like this is very um, formulated to be, like, to make headlines, a new Black Spider-Man, and for people to pick it off the shelf and be able to read it from the start without, like, any prior knowledge of the Ultimate um, ultimate Universe. And I think it's really successful in that uh, in yeah. that regard. And I, I think it's, it's uh, interesting that this is Bendis creating a whole cast of character for his Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So it yeah. feels more distance from like we, something we said a lot about the Peter Parker Ultimate Spider-Man. It's it feels very much like six one six Spider-Man, but younger. Like it feels like mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. it could fit right into that version of Spider-Man. And this is something new. This is a new character. This is Bendis doing something new. So yeah, it's interesting to see what he'll do with that. Not just playing mm-hmm. the hits. Not just playing the the classic villains. Like doing something new. Yeah, I wonder. His, for his uncle, oh, yeah. who's also a new yeah. character, and who seems yes. like he'll be an important, like either hero or villain figure in the story. Well, he's he's a new character that you know in that he's the Prowler from Six One Six. Oh yeah, um, but like, but, like he he's, is he's a, a different, different guy. Prowler. Yeah, right. Yes, exactly. He's not like and then the yeah, Kingpin, I'm, I'm who's just like, the Kingpin from Six One Six, but in Ultimate. right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, but it like in a, a new person under the mask here. Yeah. Um. I mean, the big new characters really in this that we've met are his father Jefferson Davis, uh, his uncle I don't remember his name Andrew Aaron Davis Aaron, Aaron. Yep. yep. And uh, and Genki Lee, his uh, his friend, um, who's uh the Ned Leeds. If you've seen the MCU Spider-Man movies, yeah, <laughs> they just stole <laughs> Genki, and uh, yeah, it's so funny. Da- this is one of the things that Dave can't get over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is funny because it's like. Genki. What will they ever do if they bring in Miles Morales into the MCU? I mean, like, how I like my theory s- that he, Miles will be friends with Harry and Gwen and like the the classic Peter surrounding cast. That that's actually very funny. Yeah, just to yeah. completely swap. <laughs> I that like around. that you say that every time I bring that up. Like you forget that I, <laughs> I totally that forgot up before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a great idea. I mean, that that's the really good thing about co-hosting a podcast with someone with um, a brain like a colander <laughs> is that like if you if you if you know once that uh, I respond positively to something, just like once a month when we record, bring it up. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's whoa, whoa, great idea, Charlotte. The listeners will love that I just bring up the same ideas every podcast, <laughs> just for the a, same um, response. Well, I used to work at a nursing home as a CNA when I was a, a yeah. teenager, and uh, there was this woman that I would go like work, you know, clean up her room and talk to every day. Um, and she was Mexican-American, and she would teach me a little bit of Spanish every day. 
She also had like a really, really bad memory uh, and like wouldn't remember basically like anything except that she kind of knew me. So every day I would go in and use the little bit of Spanish that she had taught me previously, like conversational, yeah. like, hello, how are you? Good. How's the weather? Blah, blah, blah. You look nice today, whatever. And every day I would like add a little bit of Spanish and then tack that on. So I'd walk into her <laughs> room and have this little, tidy little Spanish conversation that was always growing. And she would always be like, oh, your Spanish is so good. Where did you learn that? <laughs> and like, and just be impressed that this guy was coming in and like, and then she would teach me a little bit more. It was very, yeah. uh, but now I am the old woman who can't remember uh, <laughs> being told things. So it's very uh, Groundhog's Day. If you've seen that movie in the piano lessons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, anything else about Miles? I'm, you know, I'm very interested to see where it goes. I mean, part, part of me is like, it's, it's a very small story. It's not a very like, it doesn't feel too, too fresh as an expansion of Peter Parker. But I also can kind of see why they wouldn't want to do that. It feels like they want to really make sure the people who are easily shook up are not scared <laughs> by this thing, right? And that's an interesting thing here is that, like, they post all the the letters here, um, yeah. which is something that they don't always do in Marvel Unlimited, but the letters are here. And they are posting letters of people being like, oh, great, uh, a black Hispanic Spider-Man that you're doing just for diversity points. Um, which, you know, I, I think Marvel posting these letters is very stupid like giving yeah. giving any of that oxygen is uh is pretty dumb um even though the majority of it is all very positive um but like clearly this you know <laughs> ruffles some people's jimmies and uh and they need to be like you know very soothed by this is like a very standard peter parker story right like this is not i don't know it doesn't feel like dangerous in any way it doesn't feel that yeah you know maybe that's just I'm looking back at it from 2020. It's been a decade, and maybe this, you know, feels a little safe at the time, or safe now. It didn't at the time. Um, maybe that context is is a little more important than I'm giving it. Um, it it's not I a mean, big also like, but it's brand bendis. It's still brand bendis uh, yeah, writing right, Ultimate yes. Spider-Man. So even with a new character, it's gonna feel very similar. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I'm curious to see like how he does. Like, is he just gonna bring in? I mean, old Spider-Man villains. Is it all gonna be new villains? Right? Like what? Yeah, how does he distinguish Miles from Peter Parker? Right. Yeah, like, I would like for him to build a new surrounding cast of villains too, like not just mm -hmm. use the the previous one. Yeah, I'm I'm interested about that. Like, yeah, like I don't want to see the vulture. It. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So I I think uh like excited glad he's here nice to have yeah. like it's also just nice to have something that is like a little bit of a fresh new angle in here that i know is gonna last right like in the ultimate universe right that like that yeah. they've set like how long ago was it that they set up like a whole new x-men team of new teens <laughs> and then yeah that was ultimate right Comics after X ultimatum and yeah, now yeah, we have was... like a new new team tease yeah oh, that yeah. just got thrown by the way the time. one story we forgot to mention was like Jean gray putting the hulk to sleep so that nick Fury can use him or something like that Oh, I don't remember that. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Jean Grey? Yeah, that was Jean Grey. Because, like, the Hulk is an X-Men now, or, like, he's running with yeah, Jean oh, Grey yes. and Wolverine's yeah. son and yes, all that, yes, those yes. guys. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, he was, like, and he's getting harder to control every time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think a lot of it just rolled up off, like, rolled right out of my brain. Because yeah, definitely. Because so, like, uninterested. <laughs> But yeah, I think so. it will be more interesting to talk about that, like when we get to the actual X Men Ultimate series. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. 
Uh, okay, I think that's uh, that's all I got to say about this. Excited that Miles is here. Yeah. Uh, enjoyed these comics and um, definitely like looking forward to reading more of his stuff, uh, especially in 2018. When th- I'm, I might jump into the Solid and Ahmed stuff sooner yeah. rather than later. If anyone has any, like, if someone wants to pop in the Slack and let me know, like, what's like the good Miles stuff, right? Because like, um, especially if you're kind of a, a Bendis, I wouldn't even say I'm a Bendis skeptic. Like I'm generally pretty okay with Bendis. That's where I'd put yeah. it. I'm like, I'm usually like, yeah, pretty good. But like, you never really knocks my socks off you know so like i'm just curious you know like people love miles morales is it all just from the bendis stuff that's that's i guess what i'm asking so yeah someone if anyone knows uh next episode we are going to be talking about ultimate comics hawkeye one through four which would sound very dull to me if i just read this except that i know it is written by jonathan hickman oh Um, is it mm -hmm. it's by jonathan hickman and i know dave wants to come record that episode with us because of that (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I think it's more because of Ultimates written by Hickman, but yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's because of the Hickman connection, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Ultimate Comics Ultimates. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's the episode after. No, oh. no, no. Oh, that's... wait, no, never mind. No, sorry, sorry. Yeah. And then Ultimate Comics X-Men 1 through 13. Yeah, so we're going to get a relaunch yeah. of the, uh, the X-Men. And then, uh, yeah, so it'll be two episodes before we get back into some Miles Morales stuff. Yeah. With uh, 7 through 12. So, uh, interesting stuff. Looking forward to it. Any last yep. thoughts, Charlotte? Um, I'm, I mean, I'm very excited for reading, like, Jonathan Hinkman on a ongoing title in the Ultimate mm-hmm. Universe. Like, the, yeah. I know the, the Maker stuff has, a, like, somewhat of a legacy that I'm very interested in. So, yeah, excited about that. And, like, even if it's not right now, excited about seeing more of, uh, of Minds. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. All right, well, thank you all for listening. If you want to support the show, Apple Podcast reviews and ratings and on Spotify as well, or you can give us some money on Patreon. (laughs) Pay me. Pay me and Charlotte. Yes, please. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yes, thank you, especially uh, everyone who's supported lately. We've had a a nice little, like, boom in the last two months on Patreon that have uh, shot us above the $900 a month goal, which is really exciting because we're going to do that um, Marvel RPG episode that will be... We're kind of in the, the early stages of prepping for that. And then if we hit $1,000, we're going to be doing that Invincible show where we read through all of Invincible and uh, and talk about that, so, which is exciting-ish. I'm excited to talk about it. I'm not excited to read it, but maybe I'll yeah. turn around. <laughs> I've had comics uh, that I didn't like in the past, and I gave them another shot, and I've turned around on it. So I'm, uh, I'm excited to at least I love that uh, every time that you bring up the, the Invincible show, you're like defensive in advance even though we haven't even started reading i try i try not to be like honestly like i no no i know you're not like attacking me or anything but like i try not to get defensive about it but people are really really protective to reassure people yeah it well people are very defensive about hearing that something that they like other people don't so like our literal last two itunes reviews on on my ultimate year are both uh let's see (laughs) throat slip 47 is the funniest <laughs> name from anyone who's ever uh, reviewed us who, who has written us two very nice um reviews starts the review by saying invincible hate aside <laughs> can't wait for you guys to start it though hopefully zach <laughs> changes his mind and then the next review is zach still has the same bewildering bad takes who doesn't love bendis's writing on ultimate spider-man or yawns at invincible so like <laughs> even people who really <laughs> like the show and like me uh are still like i don't get it like i don't know sometimes people don't like the same comics it's okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
I mean that that is you know I this is this is a, a bigger conversation, but like don't listen to the show so that you can hear people say that that they like the same things you do. Like it doesn't matter if I like the same things you do or yeah. hate things that you like or vice versa, right? Like the only reason to listen to stuff like this is to try to hear some you know like hopefully um, some like critical analysis that you can like integrate into your view of stuff, right? I don't, I'm I'm not trying to change anyone's mind here. I don't think any of us uh, ever are. Um, so, you know, like, it, it, it's cool if you like Invincible. I just, uh, I didn't like it that much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, I'm trying, I am trying to shake off the defensiveness. I know that's not like yeah. a, um, that's not like an attractive thing to, I, I, I've listened to podcasts that like, um, it's been annoying to me hearing people on the podcast constantly like complain about people complaining about them, you know? Yeah. Like that, that's not a, that's not a fun thing to indulge in. Um, so I, I do try to try to. <laughs> Keep that at a minimum. But thanks for calling me out on it, Charlotte, so that no, I have to I'm, talk about it for five I'm minutes. I'm not calling you out. I'm not calling I, you I, out. Know, I know. I know you're not. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, let's see. By Divine Right does our music. And I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Thank you, Charlotte. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next, Miles Morales. Insert intro here. Outro. Insert outro here. <laughs> even <laughs> even that outro did not work fully. I know. As usual. All right. Bye. Bye. Incredible. <laughs> <I got laughs> <these shoes. laughs>